Direct from Music City, this is the Campfire Cafe on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. Way out in West Texas, where the Clear Fork waters flow, where the cattle are browsing and the Spanish ponies grow, where the northers come a-whistling and the old dust devils roll, and the prairie dogs are sneezing and freezing from the cold, where the lonesome tawny prairies melt into the airy streams, and the double mountains slumber in the heavenly kind of dreams, where the antelope are grazing and the lonesome plovers call, it was there that I attended the cowboy Christmas ball. Music was a fiddle and a lively tambourine and a big bass violin ported by stage from Abilene. Now the room was togged out gorgeous with mistletoe and shawls and the candles flickered frescoes all around them merry walls. Where the women folk were lonely and the boys looked kind of free till the leader commenced the yelling. Hey boys, let's all Leader was a feller that come from Swenson's ranch. Yep, they called him Wendy Bill from Little Dead Man's Branch. When he commenced to holler, Now fellers, stake your pants, lock horns with all them heifers, and wrestle them just like men. Salute them lovely critters, now swing them and let them go. And climb the grapevine round and round, now hands all do-si-do. You mavericks join the roundup. Just skip the waterfall. Boy, it was getting active at the Cowboy Christmas Ball. Boys were tolerable skittish, and the ladies powerful neat. That old bass violin music made us jump in with both feet. That wailing frisky fiddle I never will forget. And Wendy Bill kept singing, and I believe I hear him yet. Boys chasing squirrels, cut up to the side. Doc Hollis to the center. Oh, now Crosby Charlie's ride. Her round, you general kittens. Now rope and balance all. Oh, hey, it was getting happy at the Cowboy Christmas Ball. The dust rose fast and furious, and we all just galloped around. Till the scenery got so giddy. That Z-Bar Dick went down. We buckled to our partners and told them to hold on and shook our hooves like lightning until the early dawn. Don't tell me about cotillions or polkas, no siree. That world in Nansen City, it takes the cake from me. Oh, Bill, I won't forget you and I often will recall that lively gated soiree called the Cowboy Christmas Ball. Oh, no, I won't forget it. The Cowboy Christmas Ball. Well, Merry Christmas from Nashville, Tennessee. I'm your host, Gary Holt. Joining me in Albuquerque is our co-host, Bobby Bell. And that was a Cowboy Christmas Ball with Michael Martin Murphy, Don Edwards, 
Susie Boggus, Ranger Doug, Too Slim, and Bobby, I believe I heard Side Me on that song as well. <laughs> How are you doing? <laughs> That's a great song. I'm doing really good. Uh, That's one of my favorites, yeah. <laughs> that's a great way to start today, I think. So I'm in the Christmas spirit. How about you? Oh, I am too. I am too. I may not show it here at home, but we are definitely in the spirit. We're going to go see a play Saturday night called um, The Best Worst Christmas Pageant Ever at our local theater that is going to be so much fun. You know, we love to fill our time with um, all those kinds of once a year activities that kind of only roll around now, you know? Yeah. 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 Well, we have our activities for, uh, for Saturday night. We have been invited to attend, uh, I think it's called Caravette. Uh, it is, uh, it's a black tie event for veterans and uh, they have songwriters that work with them and they create songs and so they'll be performing and we're doing that on Saturday night and then we were invited to an ugly sweater party that same uh, night so uh, I, I don't know we'll, we'll be doing some clothes swapping or something I don't know but anyway <laughs> Christmas Christmas times are coming Christmas times are coming and we have a wonderful guest joining us today and we're looking forward to visiting with her and sharing some of her great music for christmas but who is our guest today bobby judy james is on the line ready to uh ready to chat with us about her christmas music and memories all right well, we're looking forward to visiting with judy and then in the second part of the show on saddle up america We'll be talking with Randy Rasmussen with Backcountry Horsemen of America. So we're looking forward. Stay tuned. There will be a lot of Christmas music today and a lot of great conversation on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. But right now we're going to listen to a great song by Riders in the Sky. And when we come back, we'll be talking with Miss Judy James today on the Campfire Cafe. Holy. Clouds are gathering in the sky, so ride along. Swift on wings of night, how they will fly, so ride along. Where someone waits with laughing eyes, so ride along. We'll ride along to where she waits by firelight. Old pal, take care and guide us where she's waiting there for me. Don't step slow through the drifting snow with the old little lady. You'll soon be warm in the big dark barn and safe from harm you'll be. She waits, I know, neat the mistletoe with the yodel little lady. Through stormy clouds that gather high on the hills above. To where my open arms will hold the one I love. Don't step slow, pal, you know it won't be long. She waits for the wind to bring my yodel and Christmas song. Where she's waiting there for me Don't step slow through the distant snow With the old little lady 
You'll soon be warm in the big dark barn and safe from harm you'll be. She waits, I know, neat the mistletoe with the yodely lady. was she would also have a fireplace. So it was a 
really neat to sit around opening presents in front of the fire. And bless her heart, it was 90, uh, 70 degrees outside one Christmas day, and she lit the fire for me anyway. <laughs> she was near sweet grandmother. But it was always Christmas, my hometown of Hamilton. Wow, wow. Did your grandmother put a stocking up for you on that fireplace? Well, you know she did, yes. I figured, I figured. My mama we did the same thing time. with all of her grandkids. It was just, right. it was just madness, just madness. There were so many of them. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, as you grew up, have you had any Christmas traditions that you've carried on? Oh, some of the decorations have remained the same. Um, you know, just when you see that up, it, you know that you're in the Christmas season, and uh, I guess it's more with with decorations than anything. I have a friend every year for Christmas, or pardon me, for my birthday, she always gives me a Christmas ornament. So it's kind of about that and friendships and fellowships. And so that, to me, is Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it just really is all about the people that you love and share the season with, I think. And, uh, and you, yeah, And you mentioned Christmas in your hometown, of Hamilton, and I want to get to the title cut from the album, Christmas in My Hometown, and we're going to come back and talk more with Miss Judy James today on the Campfire Cafe. When the snow is falling and it's Christmas Eve, I pack my dreams and my memories. There's no mystery. Where I come from, where I first saw Santa when I was young, that keeps calling me back. Christmas in my hometown. When I step down from the train, the carolers singing that sweet refrain. Bells are ringing those old-time Christmas sounds. They lighten up the tree in the old town. There's a feeling of love, there's a chill in the air That keeps calling me back, Christmas in my hometown Christmas in my hometown, it's a place I hold so dear Christmas in my hometown, I go back there every year That magic little place from way back Mama's best 
chair by the fireside Becky calling me back Christmas in my hometown Christmas in my hometown It's a place I hold so dear Christmas in my hometown I go back there every year That magic little place from way back track from her wonderful holiday album Christmas in my hometown Judy I think the word Christmas and home or hometown are just um, for me you know two of my favorite words in the English language do you have uh, uh, or were there some traditions within um, the town of Hamilton or uh, in Weatherford you know, that um, the hometown, those sometimes those hometown traditions, things that towns put on, you know, during the holiday season. Were yes. there any that have continued from year to year or that you have fond memory of? Oh, yes. You know, it, that song talks about, uh, it's almost as though I wrote it. Uh, of course, David John wrote it uh, with the Comstock mm-hmm. Cowboys, but I, Hamilton was where I first saw Santa and we would always have activities around the square, both in Hamilton as well as here in Weatherford. And those were always times to go, you know, see people and just celebrate just around the square in your hometown. And being mm-hmm. a choir director and a singer, there were always so many times when we would sing, too. And we, you know, we would sing from time to time at those events. And it was just fun and the air was crisp and it was just such a joy to be able to be out there and share God's love and talk about the reason for the season through the music. Right, right. Did you ever do caroling, like, in a neighborhood, you know, door-to-door kind of thing? Oh, yes. Yes, I did. And also, I've had some of my former students come to my door and carol. Uh-huh. So, caroling. That's special. That's special. Yeah, that's special. That's special. Um, do you have a favorite holiday movie? Oh, well, the, the what is it? My my best life. What is it? Oh oh oh! oh yes. Wonderful uh, life. Wonderful, wonderful life. life. Yes, thank you. Yeah yes, yeah yeah. 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 I started to watch that the other night, and my wife wanted to watch some new things. So we had to stop it. And I said, "Well, I'll just watch that by myself." But well, we did so. watch. We did watch White Christmas the other day with Bing Crosby oh, and Danny yes. Kaye. Yes. 
And so there are a few of those. And Holiday Inn will be on my list before the holiday season is over with. Yeah, it's great to sit down and watch. I will tell you, I will tell you, ladies, I was watching something the other night. Uh, One of these old movie channels that, that we've got on our Samsung television. And from 1960, I talked about this the other day, but from 1960, a movie showed up. And I think it was just called Santa. And it was Santa Claus and the devil. And the devil was the most hilarious character. He was totally red with big ears and horns. And (laughs) and, uh, Santa Claus was letting himself down down the fireplace with a rope ladder. I always wondered how he got down there, but it's with a rope ladder. And the devil was sitting there cutting the cutting the rope too, so he couldn't get back up. Oh it was absolutely gosh. hilarious, absolutely the funniest thing from 1960. It's I love to watch this. Judy, when did well, you start? I, when did you start singing? Because you have a wonderful voice. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Oh, I've always sung. Um, we'd sing as a family, my parents and I, my little brother, when he came along, we would always sing. And at my grandmother's house, when we'd go there, a lot of times she'd say, sing for these folks, you know how they do. And uh, right. how parents do a lot of times and grandparents. And so my brother and I would sing together. And uh, I just always sung. And then when I went to college and major in, majored in music, I just continued on. And uh, singing's just a, just just part of me. My grandmother wow. sang a lot, and uh, my mother did, too. So it, it, well, it's just great. always something I did. Yeah, it's it's great to have a family heritage like that. So, And you yeah. are passing that on because you're doing a lot of work with the Cowtown Opry and working with those young yes. people. So how did that get started for you? And, and uh, you've got many students that have gone on and done extremely well in the music world. But how did they get that's started really, for you? That's true. Um, how did camp get started? I mean, how did me working with Cowtown Opera get started? Yeah, yeah. That, um, Janet McBride just called me one day out of the clear blue. And, uh, of course, you know Janet McBride's history and oh yeah, what all yeah. she's done for people and for young people. And and uh, started out just her teaching people to yodel, but then they just got the, the love of singing and Kristen Harris is a perfect example of that as well as many many others but she just called me one day and said would you take over and I said let me pray about it and then came back a few days and said yes and so actually now an update is I've stepped down and Brooke Wallace Beaton is taking over okay and so that you know that's going to be a, a nice thing that she's going to do uh I worked with Brooke a lot in the camps that we started in 2013 and are continuing on in the summers and that's just been an absolute joy of being able to work with kids for four and a half days and and see how much they can improve on songs that they would come in and and not know very well but they would come in and work with a lot of people who have a heart for kids and and are award-winning entertainers in their own right and these kids sing the concert at the end, and they're just absolutely amazing. Wow, wow, wow. And I'm going to mention to our audience that's listening around the world 
that uh, there is a Facebook page for the Cowtown Opry, so you need to check that out and right. watch some of the kids performing. And uh, you, you got some pretty good help out there because I think Devin Dawson is is uh, helping out some from time to time. And, and of course, well, Brooke, that you just mentioned, is a phenomenal fiddle player. Oh, yes. So yes. Devin works with the adults, and uh, I would work with the youth. And at our camp, we also have Jean Prescott. She's helping us. And you know her, her history and her abilities. So we are just that totally surrounded. And teaching guitar is David Sawyer. So we're just absolutely surrounded with terrific people who, who love kids and are just excellent teachers. Well, you know, talking about these youngsters that you work with brings us to the next song, and that is The Littlest Angel, because Isn't these are angels. Song? It is a neat song. Tell us song. about this song. Tell us about this song. Well, I was looking for you know songs to add, and uh, this was from a, a pageant that was done here in Fort Worth area uh, year after year. And it was kind of the, the theme song of that. And uh, when I heard it again, when I was looking for songs, I just thought, oh, I've got to do that. So so I did. Well, this is The Littlest Angel. It's from the album Christmas in My Hometown. We're talking with Judy James today on the Campfire Cafe. Mm-hmm. And the 
the Lord chose the gift of the little box that the child had blessed with love. And it started glowing that very night. It became the star up above. When you see that star as it shines on high in the great celestial hall, you will know the proudest angel in the sky is the littlest angel of all. With his butterfly with golden wings, a little piece of a hollow log to shine his souls from a river bank and the worn out strap of that are harmonizing with you on that song. Who's singing with you on that? Well, Jeannie Cahill and I were did a bunch of the voices. You know how with multi-track you can do that kind of thing. Sure, sure. And on the album, um, some uh, there are a couple of tracks. I don't think Gary has them uh, chosen to play today, but the Pagosa, the Pagosa Spring... Pagosa Springs yes. Girls Choir is also yes. on this with you. You want to just tell us a little bit about that group? Sure. Um, a friend of mine I kind of lost track with that I, I knew when we were choir directors here in Texas, and she went on to Richardson to teach, and then kind of, you know, as we lose track with people, finally on Facebook, America's Front Porch, we found each other, <laughs> and she lived in Pagosa Springs, and she had started a girls' choir. And on Cornwater and Woods specifically, I just needed childlike voices on that. Mm-hmm. And I asked mm-hmm. her if her girls would sing, and she said yes. And they also sang on uh, the little uh, little drummer boy. Right, right. It's those those are two additional. It's a, just a wonderful album. Um, I want to take a moment. I, I, I just. I just want to take a moment and um, can you both hear me okay? Because uh, sometimes I'm hearing like garbled voices and I didn't know if that was me. Can you hear me no, okay? No, hear you fine. Hear you fine. Okay, good. Okay, great. So, um, Judy, you, like us, of course, have been on radio a very long time, an award winning DJ and um, for yourself and your programs. And I think you have. Tell you have more than one program and you're on more than one station. And last night I was listening to all Christmas music on your 365. Would you please tell us about you and radio? (laughs) Sure. Uh, Out of the clear blue in 1997, I got a call from the lady who uh, was the manager of our local radio station. It was KZEEAM, and she said, "Have you ever thought about doing?" Uh, or have you ever done radio? And I said, no, I haven't. She said, would you like to? I said, well, sure. So I started doing it in 1997, and I'm still doing it. The station that I was on, KZEE, 
AM, they sold that and changed over quickly to an FM station. And then they went streaming totally. And so I decided that I could stream also. And now I'm on JudyJames.com. And I have Saturday morning Cowboy Jubilee. It starts at 7.30 Central Time. And on Sunday morning, I have Cowboy Jubilee Gospel Hour. It also starts at 7.30 Central Time. And then when it's, when those are not playing, it's like you said, all Christmas music, 24-7. And uh, mm-hmm. I, just, I always enjoy just listening to that. A lot of people say I can't hear the Christmas music enough. So it served a lot of people, I think, and, and it's, it's really been a blessing to do all of that. Mm-hmm. And are you... Are you on American Cowboy Radio? Also? Oh yes, I am. Also, okay, yes. okay. I'm, I'm yeah, well, and Alan and Jill. Yeah, and that's yeah, on at I ten think... o'clock Central Time. Yes, ten o'clock. What what day? Or is it every day? No, it's on ten o'clock Saturday. Saturday. Okay. Okay. Right. Well, I know Jubilee you have a. Yeah, you have, um, you, of course, you have a great love and passion for the, for the music. And I think those of us that do just these rate the possibility for the streaming and, you know, all of the opportunities we have now that we didn't necessarily, you know, have even 15 right. years ago is absolutely. fabulous, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and I, I yeah. kind of chuckled when I heard the first song that, that Gary played today because uh, when I first started doing radio in 97, the only, or I had a very few numbers of CDs, but the one I played the most was Michael Martin Murphy's CD. And uh, yeah. I would play like two or three of that one. And then I'd find another one and then two or three more of his and, and back and forth <laughs> like that. But yeah. um, that just really has served me. Of course it was a cassette. I'm dating myself, but nonetheless. Yeah. Right. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, what are those? (laughs) I'll I'll date myself a little further, Judy, because I started doing radio back in 1967, and it was all 45s. So you had to. Oh, 45s. Okay. Yeah, you had to use 45s. That was the way we went with it back then. But uh, it was a different world. A different world. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. sure. A whole lot but the cool thing is, it. yeah, and, and the neat thing is, is, and Bobby just mentioned the streaming, and you mentioned streaming, but now you can reach all over the world, where before you were limited, you know, as to how far you could go, particularly with the AM uh, station. Right. And, uh, yeah, now, now we just have people listening all over the world, and that's just a pretty cool right. deal. How did you get into the cowboy music? Well, I always uh, loved history. Even though I was a singer, I loved history. And I read every biography I could in a library. A new one would come in, and I'd read it. And when I was the choir director, I'd always talk about the history of the song. We didn't just sing the song. We would also talk about the history. And when I got to the point where I thought it's time for me to retire, I put in 30 years, and I thought, okay, that's, that's plenty. And I didn't want to just go sit on my front porch and rock. I wanted to do something. And so I started singing Western music because it was closer to anything where my heart was more than anything else. And I just started, you know, learning songs and, and singing. And I, 
of course, grew up like every girl my age, I imagine, watching Roy Rogers and Dale Evans and Gene Autry, right. all those heroes. So that was a part of my life growing up, and it just seemed natural to step into Western music. So that's where well, I've been since 95. Wow, wow. Well, I'm glad you did. I'm glad you did. Well, I am too. <laughs> and and we're, going, we're going to do a little bit more cowboy music Christmas style, and this is called Christmas Cowboy Style by Judy James another, from the album. Another Michael Martin Murphy Christmas. song. Another, another Michael Martin Murphy song. So we'll be right back. You're listening to the Campfire Cafe heard around the world online at iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and most other streaming platforms, as well as our website at equestrianlegacy.net.
Sweet Little Jesus Boy, Judy James. That song is so beautiful, I almost forgot to push my buttons to let you guys back in. <laughs> Beautiful, beautiful song. May I add that Brooke Wallace Deaton is the one who played the fiddle on that and just did a masterful job, I think. Well, she is a tremendous fiddle player. And, uh, yes, she is. Yeah, and, and and it's great that she's going to be filling in for you with uh, Catan Opry. Uh, for those kids, I'm excited, so. yes. Yeah. So you, you have done a little bit of everything. You've been president of the Western Music Association. You've taught uh, you've taught, you are a radio host, you have multiple shows, uh, you are a singer. Do you write songs? I've written some, yes. What is uh, what is next for you? What, what else are you going to put on your plate? I don't know, but I don't want to just be bored for sure. Just have to <laughs> listen to see what the Lord leads me to, and I'll be ready to jump in. All right. Well, we'll be ready for more music, Miss Judy. So if you get ready to do another album, uh, be sure and get that out to us, would you? Okay, I sure will. Do you have my latest because of him? I do not. No. I do not. No. Okay. No. <laughs> that's that's both of us. Neither one of us has yeah. it. So we will give you information so you can get that to us. Please we'll do, that. and I'll get it in the mail to you. Yeah. Well, you've been absolutely great to visit with. I appreciate so much you coming on the show today and sharing this wonderful music and sharing stories of the season. And how can folks get your music and follow you and listen to your radio shows? Um, JudyJames.com is the answer to all of that. Uh, You can stream it from there. And uh, my email, I've got to get that changed on there, but my email is JudyJames908 at gmail.com. Okay. And that's the way they can contact me. Have you tried the other one and it didn't work? Correct. Okay. (laughs) Sorry about that. That's okay. Well, the best way to find her, best way to find her is judyjames.com. And I would encourage you to do that and follow her radio shows. And certainly you want to add her music to your portfolio of music. So, Judy, we're going to close this segment of the show with this season will never grow old. A great song, another great song from the album. Go ahead. Before you do, may I say something to you two and tell you how much I appreciate all that you do? Uh, Your shows are great. You're highly awarded as well, rightfully so. And I just always enjoy visiting with you. You both are just a bright spot in my day when when I talk to you either on the phone or see you in person so i hope you two and your families have a, a merry christmas till jim and mary Kay. hello for me i hope well we will do that we we will, we will do, that. Right. do that thank you judy thank you and, and thank i appreciate you for, what thank you do. thank you for those kind words well anything you want well, to tell us about this season will never grow old before we go well it's just kind of speaks for itself again uh because it doesn't grow old as long as we keep the right thoughts in our heart and we know who it's all about and the season will never grow old. And may we continue to, to celebrate this season. Well, again, we appreciate you being with us. And, uh, and this is a wonderful song. We'll be back in just a moment with Bobby Bell. 
You're listening to the Campfire Cafe. Thanks, Judy. Thank you. I can tell by the smile I remember the snowflakes that fell from the sky and covered the village that lay sleeping below thank goodness this season will never grow old I look through my window well into the night watching Christmas spirit before I am now, Bobby Bell. I am now. <laughs> so much fun, so much fun visiting with Miss Judy, and uh, we look forward to having her back again in the future and sharing some more of her music. But we were talking about Christmas memories a while ago. Now we've got 
two more shows, I think. Do we have two more shows before Christmas? Uh, yes, we have uh, three. Yeah. yeah. Well, but anyway, two or three shows. But um, tell us about a Christmas memory that was special to you growing up. And by the way, your mama is going to be celebrating her 100th birthday in just a few weeks. Yes. <clears throat> yes, December 27th. Unbelievable. Yes. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. But you got to have some great Christmas memories growing up. Well, I'll just share um, right now. Of course, this time of the year, my husband and I refer to ourselves as the Jingle Bells. Mm-hmm. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, when we're writing an email or or we're addressing a Christmas card, you know, it's Bobby and Bobby and Jim or Jim and Bobby Jingle Bell, and Jingle our Bell. address, like, yeah, and we like to add Silver Bell Ranch to our address because we have a little ranch <laughs> house. We're not on any kind of big spread. Believe me, we got neighbors to the left and right, but we like to think of this as Silver Bell Ranch during the holiday season. One of my favorite memories, and I think I was probably four or five, was the very, very first time I saw, we were talking about movies earlier, Miracle on 34th Street, the original one. And uh, it really um, captivated me, and I think it set me on um, a a road to serving the public um, through retail and other situations um, because of that particular movie and I'll never forget the first time watching it and no spoiler alert because you've probably all seen it but when they bring in all those letters into the um, courtroom near the end of the movie uh, and they open them up and you know um, I remember as a kid just that was just amazing to me (laughs) (laughs) and how smart those postal workers were what about all those letters you know that come to us that we can't deliver hey you know let's deliver them over there and I thought, yeah. that was so smart of those guys, you know. So that, yeah. um, and then Christmas Story, those are my two, they are my favorite movies all year. If anybody says, what's uh-huh. your favorite movie? Those two movies are my favorite movies of all movies of all time. And because I often See. close with a quote, I will say that from Miracle on 34th Street, the very simple quote, I believe is one of my creeds. It's one of my founding quotes for Bobby Jingle Bell, I believe. Wow. 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 I believe. I believe. Well, Bobby Bell, we will see you next week with another Christmas show and great guest and uh, and more memories that we'll share as we travel on through this Christmas season. And, uh, We're going to close out this segment with a great song from Mr. Don Edwards, Every Day is Christmas in the West. And when we come back, we'll be talking with Mr. Randy Rasmussen with Backcountry Horsemen of America. Bobby, thanks. We'll see you next week. See you next week. They say Christmas comes but once a year. But don't you believe it's so? That's only a story you may hear From those who just don't know That every day is Christmas in the West Every day 
goodbye And always stars like ornaments in the sky Nature makes a present of each day Skylarks softly carol on their way Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. I'm your host, Gary Holt. And joining me now is our good friend, Mr. Randy Rasmussen, the Director of Public Lands and Recreation with Backcountry Horsemen of America. Hey, Randy. Hello, Gary. And hi, Bobby Bell. I hope she's still with us. Um, I'm honored Bobby, to be Bobby here. So is... Thank you for having me. Well, good. Good to have you. Bobby has gone with us. Bobby has retired from Saddle Up America, but uh, it's been fun having her for these couple of years on the show. But, uh, anyway, good I to have you back with voice. us. Oh, yeah, you bet. You Thanks back. for having me. Yeah. So we're kind of doing Christmas today, and uh, this will be the last show for the year for Backcountry Horsemen of America. Uh, but let's talk a little bit about 
Randy Rasmussen and his Christmas memories. So where'd you grow up, Randy? I don't think we've ever even talked about that. Where'd you grow up? Where's home for you? Oh, my first seven years of life, I was living outside the Philadelphia area. Um, okay. And the reason being is I'm a preacher's kid. My father was an American Baptist minister. He worked at the national headquarters in Valley Forge there. Um, and then he got a chance to move out. And at seven years old, we moved to the San Francisco Bay Area, where he was the executive minister of Northern California and Nevada for that denomination. So if you know, wow. uh, for example, that's Protestant. So if you know, he's like the equivalent of a bishop, if you would, um, I got for the American ba- Baptist Convention. So it was a, it, he got to travel, and we got to travel quite a bit in, in that beautiful you know, state and, and, and Nevada as well. Um, but yeah, lots of great Christmas memories, um, you know, growing up in uh, both places. Well, share one of your favorites, or maybe a couple of your favorites. So why don't you give us one from Philadelphia and one from back in the West? Sure. Um, I guess, you know, very traditional. Um, you know, we, we would, of course, Christmas, Christmas Eve, very solemn events, but also because we're Scandinavian, both my mom's side and my father's, we would have a, an evening Christmas Eve type of thing where we'd get to open at least one present on Christmas Eve. Um, you know, so that, that was a big deal, especially for kids with all the excitement. You could at least yeah. get some satisfaction, uh, you know, the night before Christmas, too. Um, but I think we one of them was uh, at an early age, one of the presents that I opened was, uh, what, do you, what do you call it, an elephant? Uh, what do you call those joke kind of gag things, which I wasn't prepared for? Oh, yeah. For. White elephant? Um, and, and at the time, it, it was it was a candle, but it looked like a... Uh, baked potato with, uh, uh, you know, smashed open with um, right there, the wick, there was like a butter cube and all that. So imagine my disappointment as a kid opening this thing up on Christmas Eve just to think it looked like, you know, a baked potato. But everyone else around me was in hysterics and laughing. So, um, you know, I, I took the joke well, I think, and I could I could wait till the next. I think they opened, allowed me to open to get another present that, that evening just to make up for it. But it was, it was a good gag gift. Oh, wow. 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 So was that in Philadelphia? Yes. All yeah, right. With my godparents right. uh, present there, too. And then one I'll mention, um, well, I'll mention one in Colorado because I lived there, and it just struck me that it's another funny one if we're going to be in that. I was at my in-law's house in Boulder, Colorado, uh, It was, a, and I loved the snowy Christmases and the white Christmas stuff. And we had come from Fort Collins where my wife and I were doing our graduate studies. And we had brought our new dog we wanted to, uh, you know, you know, introduce to our the in-laws here. He was right, uh, right. a red, he- red healer, pretty big dog. And so my father-in-law, Tom, was all proud of the new tree he just put up. He had it all decorated before we got there. And as we walked in the door, the, the, we let the dog off the leash. He went right up to the Christmas tree and lifted his leg and you know the rest. <laughs> uh, and, and, and again, we were just shell-shocked. Uh, but we all got a good kick and laugh out of it, and that started off the evening in a, a good note. <laughs> oh gosh, that's hilarious! That is hilarious. Mm-mm. Well, we have to uh, we have to elevate our tree because of Sam. Because I have no idea what he would do to a tree if he could get hold of it. But uh, ah. yeah, yeah. So <laughs> you, you got to be careful with these dogs. You got to be careful with these dogs. 
Was your was your dad in law's tree a live tree? Uh no. No, it was not. It was, <laughs> it was recently cut. Oh uh, gosh. Very very funny. Well, I mentioned that this is the end of the year for Backcountry Horsemen being on the show because you guys have been great the first uh, first Thursdays of the month every year for I guess this is ten years, if I'm not mistaken. Nine that's, or yeah, ten that's years. what you told me. That's that's an anniversary we're celebrating in its own, yeah. It is, it is. But uh let's kind of do a wrap up of things that have gone on with Backcountry Horsemen of America for this past year. And um uh, you know, we may have matter, matter of fact, Randy, we may have some people that are listening to the show for the first time out there. And they may not even know what Backcountry Horsemen of America is. So could you tell us a little bit about what Backcountry Horsemen of America is and what it does? And then we'll kind of wrap things up for accomplishments and goals for this year. Oh, I'd be happy to, Gary. Yeah, Backcountry Horsemen of America. This year we celebrated our 50th anniversary as a nonprofit service organization. So we were founded by four horsemen in the Flathead Valley of Montana 50 years ago who said, you know, we really need to do better as a community um, in terms of the closures they were seeing happening for, you know, uh, equestrian stock use in wilderness um, and even the condition of some of the horse camps and trails from a lot of traffic. And they said, we got to raise the bar. We got to demonstrate that we are going to contribute and give back. Uh, and, you know, we're going to demonstrate that public lands are critical to, to our very existence and our way of life. And we want to do that in, in a mode of service and volunteerism. So we're a national nonprofit organization. Uh, we're made up of you know, men and women across the United States in over 200 chapters, over 30 states in the U.S. Wow. Comprise, comprise the network of all these great, oh, 13,000 plus volunteers that give everything, their time, their money, their animals, you know, their vacation time to work with the agencies, in this case, a lot of federal state agencies, and to main trails, maintain horse camps do ecological restoration, all the things that are needed uh, to demonstrate how important public lands are to uh, users of the pack and saddle stock. So we're the premier, the nation's premier and first all-volunteer trail-based, you know, organization. So we're celebrating 50 great years of doing that. Wow. Wow. So when you're out on the trails and you can enjoy being out in our national parks and, and, and BLM lands and other properties and uh and you can enjoy the horse trails backcountry horsemen of america for helping to keep those trails clear out there so that's pretty cool and uh hey it's pretty cool to think that uh that out of 50 years you guys been with western legacy radio for 10 of those that's pretty cool that's great and i might add it's more than just horse trails any trail we maintain is going to be used by hikers, bird watchers, hunters, anglers, you name it. And we're even doing trail maintenance on the Appalachian Trail and the Great Smokies and beyond our Northern Carolina and other chapters there, um, you know, that are benefiting hikers and we're helping out. So I just saw some great pictures of oh, that. Oh, that's great. Recently. It rem- 
reminds me of, you know, it's not always just about us and the trails we can ride on tomorrow. It's how do we be part of a community of stewards, citizen stewards, that gives to each other sometimes, yeah, in this case, portions of the Appalachian Trail that we know we're not able to ride on, but we're still helping maintain that uh, for the Appalachian Trail Conservancy and other partners. I think that's just a great well, that's, example. That's great. That is great. Yeah. That is great. I saw I saw a uh, movie the other day with Robert Redford and I can't remember who the other actor is, but they were older gentlemen. Robert Redford is in his eighties now, and uh, and the other actor was in his eighties. So they decided they'd hike the Appalachian Trail, and that did not go like they had planned. But that was. <laughs> that was that was a fun fun movie to watch. So they they uh, car and, and called it quits after a while and told everybody that they hiked the Appalachian Trail. Uh, yes, you no, know. you're talking about the the movie uh, recently and, and the based on the book from Bill Bryson. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the name of great that? Great comedic book. It? And the other actor the other actor is Nick Nolte, and he wasn't he the That's perfect, right. You know. <laughs> That's right. He's an alcoholic kind of person there. Yeah, yeah, retired, yeah, recovering alcoholic. But uh, yeah, that was a great movie. Uh, that was so much fun to watch that. Well, let's talk just a little bit about some of the accomplishments that Backcountry Horsemen of America has seen in 2023. Well, in addition to, you know, our 50th anniversary and, and you know, the, all the great networks and partners we have, you know, I think we told you recently earlier this year, we added Texas as a state to uh, the backcountry horseman family. Um, and that's huge for us for a lot of reasons. It's a very horse-oriented state, of course, too. We've got a great contingent of folks from Texas. But we're looking to continue to expand beyond the 30-odd states that we have. Um, and we're always looking for groups who want our help or want to be part of a national network uh, of, of citizen stewards, you know, um, from the equestrian side of things. And so we're continuing to try to, you know, expand our growth and, you know, see opportunities and try to make things happen where it makes sense and where there's a, a, a you know, a, a spark plug of a group that really can get things done and grow this stuff. Because that's how we've expanded in a lot of the states you know, and our presence and our, our values that we have um, as an organization. But, you know, and, and we're doing a lot more in reaching out to engaging youth and creating scholarships and programs for youth to get that next generation of, you know, equine enthusiasts and even packers, because that's a real specialty in art right there, just know how to pack. Right you know, horses and mules, uh, you know, for the backcountry. Um, we're doing more on that front because we see as our membership ages and we're not getting any younger that we need to put a lot more investment into the youth side of things. So we're doing more. And you've had, um, you know, Greg from our board and our chair of, of our, um, you know, uh, youth committee on here recently on your show right. to talk about right. – some of the great works that we're doing and he's fantastic in that role. He's really, yeah, really doing a great job. Um, other things, I mean, it's, it's hard because it's, the organization has so many moving parts and so many officers that do so many things. My role is specific to national partnerships or even regional partnerships and even federal lands policy and working with the federal agencies and regulations and laws on the boring stuff. 
that still is necessary to support the work that we do and the partnerships that we have. So I can talk more specifically about what I do that, you know, hopefully, you know, uh, rising tide raises all boats in our case about the work I do on the policy side of things on public land protection and keeping, you know, access for horse, horse use in our national, you know, forests and you know, parks as, as part of that. So what, which of those topics sound interesting to you to explore, Gary? Well, well, you know, one of the things that I'm interested in, and, and there was some uh, there was some challenges that were being faced a couple of years ago about some of the public lands being sold. And has that tide kind of passed, or is that still a challenge? Well, I mean, I guess the the, the mass sale or transfer of public lands into private or state hands is a perennial threat. It's always going to be there because Congress on a whim, you know, could try to force that to happen. The good news is, you know, for groups like Backcountry Horsemen of America and a lot of our allies, we want to keep public lands in the public hands. We don't want to see right. them privatized or the management change. That would mean more than likely the public wouldn't have access to a lot of those lands that we take for granted as a birthright of being here in this wonderful country that we can step onto these public lands often for no cost at all and explore these amazing landscapes. Um, no, we fight tooth and nail. We have fought tooth and nail in the past, but fortunately some of those members of Congress who are really pushing this issue the most are now gone, have retired and moved on. Um, Hallelujah. There is such a big public backlash across the spectrum of organizations um, that that would ha- have fought this collectively, our partners and others, strange bedfellows oftentimes, but the same goals that we've been able to make such a big public backlash. I think a lot of members of Congress now are saying, oh, I don't want to go there because I get all these letters and, and people coming letters. at me saying no, you know, yeah. Um, you know, gra- true grassroots pushback and this shows them that their constituency, their voters, there's a big chunk of them in their state or their district that to say, no, we want to keep public lands public. So I don't see that happening anytime soon. Um, you know, but again, that could change on a dime depending on the administration and, and what makeup of Congress is and how they view public lands, whether they view them in their entirety for what they provide the American public or whether they just view them solely as creating revenue for the federal treasury, you know, that might dictate, you know, a different outcome. But I think we're in good hands for, for some time, but we always have to be vigilant on that topic. Well, that's good. That is a good thing. Well, I want to get to another song that talks about Long Canyons. It's one by R.W. Hampton. It's Long Canyon Christmas. And uh, we're going to come back and talk more with Randy Rasmussen with Backcountry Horsemen of America. Just a moment, you're listening to Saddle Up America, heard around the world on our website at equestrianlegacy.net, on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and most other streaming platforms. Just search for Equestrian Legacy Radio. We'll be right back. It's cold and windy up on the flats. Branson's got a foot of new snow. 
With the twelve that we got The first of last week There's nowhere and no way to go But you can't hardly Snow in a cowboy So I saddle all easy and ride And down by the cross L Across the dry Cimarron There's a big dance in full sun tonight It's another long canyon Christmas I'm lonesome but I'm doing fine No, it's not the cold wind I'm thinking about a baby boy at a long Long ago Christmas night Say what you look at That big shining star Hanging high in the east On the rise And I'm wishing that I could Just follow that star Like the three men the book said was wise Oh, little cow town No, you're not Bethlehem But you're mighty inviting tonight And before I ride down Gonna stay here a while Cause everything feels so right It's another Long Canyon Christmas I'm lonesome, but I'm doing fine No, it's not the cold wind I'm thinking about a baby boy At a long, long ago Christmas night No, it's not the cold wind I'm a-thinking about a baby boy At a long, long ago Christmas night Buddy R.W. Hampton, Long Canyon Christmas is the song, and we're back with Backcountry Horseman of America's Randy Rasmussen. And uh, Randy, one of the one of the things that's been a, a big concern I know for you and for a lot of the horse people out there have been the electric bikes. So where are we with electric bikes on our trails? <laughs> Indeed, um, electric bikes. It's that issue is not going to go away, oh. and clearly, we could always make an argument why electric bikes are a good thing for some segments of our population that provide people access to enjoying their public lands, and they couldn't do so without the motorized assist, the electric motor that has an electric bike has. But clearly, on the other side of that coin is the issue about safety 
in trail conflicts for fast moving, potentially fast moving, silent electric bikes for people on horseback uh, or people with pack strings. You know, we've had many near incidents and, and, and anecdotal incidents, and we're, I'm always collecting information about those. Um, but where we are, Gary, with respect to e-bikes is that they're coming on the scene. They're flooding the market. The bike industry sees that the increase in e-bike sales is going to be driving the whole bicycle industry for the next, you know, decade or more. Um, right. And there's more, agent, more agencies at the federal level, state level, looking to find ways to accommodate e-bike use. And, you know, oftentimes their answer is, well, we're going to try to just shoehorn them in on the same trails that hikers and equestrians and everyone else uses. And, and we're always saying, well, wait a second. That's not necessarily a good fit in a lot of places. Some places maybe we can live with that. Um, and so I think we're in a position now where we're trying to steer the agencies, and I'm thinking primarily the U.S. Forest Service Bureau of Land Management, where that issue is, is biggest, is to have honest discussions at the local level about where we could accept e-bike use and where we're absolutely would be dead set against it. Um, so we can say, hey, we're, we're trying to be accommodating. We're not just saying, heck no, don't have it, because we know that's not the reality that our federal land managers are being faced with. So it becomes a, an issue of identifying those important trails and areas where we don't think motorized use, in this case electric motorized bikes, fit on non-motorized trails. But oddly enough, the agencies can approve it, an electric motorized bike on a non-motorized trail. It just fortunately requires a public process of an environmental review. And that's where Backcountry Horsemen of America has been a national leader from all the trail-based groups uh, of really setting the, by, the bar certainly high because we, in 2019, sued the Forest Service over an issue uh, in California where they, did, they didn't even do a public process. We got them back to ha talking to the public and doing environmental review. And in those subsequent documents and other force that have done similar have been looking to that example of, oh, we're going to get sued by the horsemen, the backcountry horsemen, yeah. specifically if we don't do this the right way. So they, we've really raised the bar. And then our comments with our chapters, be it Arizona, New Mexico, Arkansas, California, where these things are popping up, um, we're really putting extra scrutiny on all that the trails they're considering and demonstrating we can concede some places, but others, there's no way in heck we're going to go down without a fight. So by doing that, we've helped the hikers and all these other folks out there, too, by raising that bar, enforcing, in this case, the Forest Service in particular, um, to really do a massive public process and, and environmental review to really nail down, you know, where those places might be that we could live with e-bike use. Well, that's that's fantastic because if you're a horseman, if you've been out on the trail and had a bike come up from behind you, and I'm not talking about an e-bike, I'm just talking about a bike traveling at a much slower rate of speed, but uh, you know how your horses react, and uh, yeah. uh, and so that's just something that doesn't need to be on the same trails with horseback use, and uh, and I would say probably not with hikers either, you know. Well, I was I was just thinking um, as we're sitting here and we're kind of wrapping up 2023. Do you have any goals or projects for 2024 that you would like to see accomplished? 
Well, broadly for backcountry horsemen of America, again, I think the um, you know issue of youth and in youth engagement and providing resources and training for the next generation, uh, yeah. you know, is, is going to be critical um, and, and will continue to be critical to 2024 and beyond. Quite frankly, you know, and, and even you know, different funding sources. A lot of our funding comes through just memberships, and I encourage everyone who has an interest in, in trails to be become a member of Backcountry Horsemen of America. You don't have to maintain trails to be a member, but you can support us in different ways, and there's ways on our website uh, that you can engage, and that's bcha.org. Um, but for me, I, I mean, it's continuing to work with, you know, both the current Congress and, and our partners and the new Congress we can expect you know, uh, at, at the end of 2024 that takes shape to really look for those opportunities to advance, you know, the interests of horsemen and, and trail users, users of the backcountry and wilderness. Um, and there's a lot of bills in the works right now that aren't going to make it over the line before the end of this month that are going to spill into 2024 that advance a lot of our interests collectively in a broad scale. So, yeah, that, my head stuck in those clouds of, of things as boring as congressional meetings and bills in Congress to, you know, secure our interests or advance our interests, but certainly hopefully no backsliding or loss of access for horsemen. That's my constant theme, you know, focus yeah. of my work. Um, yeah. Well, but, it's uh, it, I'm, I'm sure it is a lot to keep up with, especially as, uh, as the members of Congress continue a change takes place because I'm sure there's education that has to be done as you're going through all those things. So what are your plans for uh, Christmas 2023? Where will you be? I will be here in Oregon uh, with my daughter, singular. I have two daughters and a son. We actually had a half Christmas over Thanksgiving because my son, who's now working out of state, was visiting and we decided to do, uh, you know, a Christmas part one while he was here because he'll be with his significant other's family out of state for Christmas this year. We rotate every other year. So we've had a Christmas yeah. and it was really great to, at the end of November to do that because that put me in the Christmas spirit for all of December. It didn't have to creep up on me mid month. Uh, we're going to have a pretty, yeah, pretty had... low key event here. Okay. All right. Yeah, I had suggested at one time to uh, to a person with a blended family, um, and with in laws, you know, have Thanksgiving. You know, do something in between Thanksgiving and Christmas and celebrate that way. That might be a good way to, to take care of things. Well, I want to wish you a very merry Christmas and your family and uh, a, a safe and happy New Year. So we look forward to continuing with Backcountry Horsemen of America in 2024. And uh, Randy, thank you for everything that you do for trail users and uh, and the horsemen in this country through your work with Backcountry Horsemen of America. We wish you a happy new year, my friend. Well, thank you, Gary. And same great wishes to you and your lovely bride, too. Um, it's well, it's been a good year, and I'm really optimistic. Uh, about all the things uh, that have yet to come. Well, we're looking forward to what 2024 brings. So we're going to close this segment of the show. Uh, you, you ever have anything to do with donkeys or burros, Randy? 
I don't, other than admiring the people that work with them. Okay. All right. Well, this is the song of a donkey. And so we're going to close this segment with the song of a donkey. It's by the Sawyer family band. And uh, Randy, we look forward to talking with you in 2024, my friend. Thank you so much. Always an honor. Thank you, Jerry.
Song of a Donkey, that is the Sawyer Family Band. And this has been a fun show today. It was great to have Judy James join us for the Campfire Cafe. And always good to visit with Mr. Randy Rasmussen with Backcountry Horseman of America. We want to remind you that on Saturday, it is live from Nashville. And our special guest this week will be Stephanie Lane and Jennifer Lind. And so we'll be doing a little country, a little cowboy, and a whole lot of Christmas on Saturday, beginning at noon central time, right here on equestrianlegacy.net, also heard on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and most other streaming platforms. Just search for Equestrian Legacy Radio. We're going to close out the show today with a great song from Miss Joni Harms. It's called White Whiskers. And we invite you to join us again next Thursday for the Campfire Cafe, followed by Saddle Up America. Thanks for listening. On Christmas Eve, I try so hard not to fall asleep. I lie awake and listen for the sound of Santa's feet. As sure as I drift up, that's when he comes and goes Another year I've missed him White whiskers always knows Each year I write a letter Send it to the post To make sure that the reindeer Have directions to our home But we moved this year And I'm afraid they won't know where to go Mama said, don't worry, white whiskers always knows. I raced down Christmas morning, and there beneath our tree, our special gift set of whiskers left there just for me. Underneath the paper, ribbon and red bows, is exactly what I asked. White whiskers always know Christmas Eve I try so hard not